0: Block talk
1: radio. I'm Brad Self of Nationwide Lacrosse and you're listening to Over and Back on the Lacrosse Radio Network. <laughs> And Welcome to Over and Back, the show that focuses on the National Lacrosse League, Canadian Lacrosse League, and Major Series Lacrosse, with an emphasis on the Peterborough Lakers and their players playing pro. I'm your host, Scott Arnold, and you can catch me right here on the Lacrosse Radio Network every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. My guest for this episode is an NLL analyst. He's an anthem singer, he's the color commentator for the Peterborough Lakers, and the founder of the Trennic Scalibur men's field lacrosse team. Ladies and gentlemen, number 21, Jesse Thomas. Thanks for joining me on Over and Back today, Jesse.
0: Hey, Scott. Uh, thanks for having me. I've got to say it's about time you have me on the show.
1: Yeah, well, I wanted to wait right until uh, you know, the uh, very end there, save the best <laughs> for last kind of thing, so uh, here we are. I, I, you probably noticed I threw anthem singer in there. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know, but uh, you actually sang the national anthem before one of the Lakers games back in 2010. Was that a one-shot deal, or can we expect that you That was a
0: one-shot hand? deal, uh, me singing that anthem. I do I do, uh, I do uh, sing, you know, the odd time. I'm a, a bit of a hobbyist uh, musician. I've played a few gigs around Peterborough at uh, certain bars, and that's... Uh, um, but it was actually kind of a, a bet. Um, the Lakers at the time were looking for people to volunteer and do uh, do the anthem. And then I uh, was sitting around a backyard uh, poolside party with some friends, and uh, they kind of got this idea that, uh, you know, if I could find a good shirt, they'd drive me down there to do it for a laugh. And... Uh, you know, so I've practiced on the car on the way down and sure enough it was a, you know, the a packed house and uh, you know, here's here's the Brampton Excelsiors, you know, Dan Doss and Sandy Chapman and a few guys that I played with uh over my junior career. And then of course looking at all the Peterborough guys there, you're a couple of heads turned, but uh you know, I think the anthem's a an important uh, important part to the uh, to the game and, and you know, getting people into the moment. So I was really proud to do it. Um and it was funny the feedback I got from people after the game kinda of threw out the rink. Um but it's it's probably, you know, a a one-shot deal, as you say, Arnie. Unless unless they can perhaps, uh, you know, uh, come with some kind of monetary, uh, um, you know, support on that side of things. We'll we'll see. Maybe I'll have to get an agent.
1: Well, yeah, we'll work on that for you. But we'll see if, uh, maybe you'll get some requests after this, because I was actually at that game. I didn't tape it, but somebody did tape it. So if you missed Jesse's performance a few summers back, I'm sending it out on Twitter right now. So if you want to see the video, uh, you can follow me at scottarnold 12 I'll also shout out Jesse's Twitter account because he uh, posts some great blogs and articles on there that he's written for the Peterborough Examiner. So you can follow him on Twitter at Thomas 21 uh, The video is out now, so that just went through. So again, if you want to see Jesse singing the anthem at Scott Arnold 12 you can find the video there. And uh, if you want to request him for this summer, we'll uh, see what we can do to get him back on the mic. But uh, we're going to talk about uh, lacrosse here. That's what we're here for and uh, Peterborough it's obviously a hotbed for lacrosse so it's really hard to believe that field lacrosse didn't exist at Trent University but that was the case until a few years ago when you stepped in. How did that all come about? What was the process and uh, why did you get it started?
0: Well you know what you're right I mean Peterborough is considered the you know, the lacrosse capital of Canada it's a hotbed I mean you know um numerous championships at every level, and um, I went to Wilford Lowry. I studied English and Communications there, and uh, while I was a student uh, doing my undergrad, I was also the uh, president of the lacrosse club there, it wasn't a varsity, but more of a, a club status, so I I'd spent four years doing that, and uh, you know, on my return to Peterborough, um, I continued my education at Trent, where I was looking to finish an English degree, um, so I thought, why not, here's a perfect opportunity to start a lacrosse team um and really you know it it wasn't just me uh, i i kind of got the idea um, just by, you know, walking around the halls there, and, you know, there's Josh Bean, there's guys like Greg Humphreys, you know, Mike Temple, Jeff McKinley had just transferred there from Brock University, so, you know, I saw right there we had the foundations uh, you know, to, to have a team and at least try to get one going, so, you know, there were the growing pains, getting uh, the, the team started is definitely, the, you know, the most difficult task, the beginning is, is, really, is really where you, uh, you know, you experience some growing pains, but uh, we went through a year of practicing and then we had an exhibition season where uh, it was kind of a trial basis, and Kufla had us travel and play everybody once in the league. We didn't host a game; we traveled everywhere, and uh, it was amazing to see, you know, that experience that we got just from one game, you know, trumped all our practices last year. You know, the the cliche, you know, there's there's uh, no experience like game experience. It's so true. And um, after that year, uh, we had such success that we, uh, you know, they, they voted us in. It was the unanimous vote that we'd be a, a team in the league, and then. Um, Bill Byrick, a, a good friend of mine, uh, a neighbor of mine. Uh, I grew up with his son Ben. Uh, was the athletic director at Trent at the time, so uh, he kind of welcomed the the program with open arms and was a big uh, a big help in getting it started. And uh, that first year, we went to varsity, and we also went 10 and 0. And and uh, you know, to win the coach of the year award that year was incredible. Uh, we had such a great group of guys. Um, and and you know to see the program thriving right now and and all the faces that come through is is pretty incredible, um, and I'm I'm just you know um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's amazing. There wasn't a team there before, but uh, anybody who lives in Peterborough knows Trent University is more known for its academics, you know, rather than its athletics. But I know Bill uh, Byers, the athletic director, is you know looking to turn that around. It was pretty good as well. I mean, that opened a lot of uh, opportunities for more lacrosse.
1: Uh, they got that nice new turf there. I know it's multi-use turf. It's being used for some other things, but lacrosse was a big reason why that turf was put down, and uh, the World Field Lacrosse Female Championships was hosted there uh, shortly after uh, the Trent team got uh, into the league, so uh, that was, uh, definitely wouldn't have happened, I don't think, without you guys being there, uh, that new turf anyway.
0: Yeah, it was a wild uh, time getting it started. It was great. You know, we met some, met some great people over the years You know, in the sport, and lacrosse is certainly been good to me, but uh, today uh, I do have to say, I'd like to say to all the listeners out there, we lost uh, a Trent uh, Excalibur family member today, Peterborough native Blair Nelson, uh, passed away, unfortunately died uh, this morning in hospital, uh, losing a battle to cancer, just at too young of an age. So uh, I want to throw that out there, you know, everybody in Peterborough, all our friends, you know, uh, you know we're grieving, we've lost a good friend and somebody who is a real, true, genuine guy and, and very authentic And his uh, and his genuineness as well. So, I want to put
1: that out there. No, definitely a tough one there to swallow. So, uh, thanks for throwing that out there. And uh, I know a lot of listeners are from the Peterborough area, so they'll definitely appreciate you mentioning that for sure. So, thanks for Absolutely. that, Jesse. Uh, you know, you mentioned you were coach of the
0: year back then. Were you a player coach as well, or did you uh, just coach the squad? <laughs> Well, it's funny you ask. Uh, in that first exhibition year, um, you know, uh, we had practice all, as I told you earlier before, but I was also a player at the same time. Uh, so I obviously, uh, you know, growing up and watching, you know, you know Slapshot, the the Reg Dunlop was kind of that tag given to me, but uh, um, I only played the one year with the team, and then after that, I was full-time head coach, and of course, Jeff McKinley was there. Um, he's a, He is now the, the head coach. He took over for me while I went to journalism school here, um, but, but playing uh, and coaching at the same time, I don't recommend it. It's definitely not... Uh, not the easiest thing to do and manage, and especially when you're a player. Uh, well, you know, a player of my uh, uh, emotion. Um, sometimes <laughs> it gets the best of me, and uh, it's it's tough to coach your team. You know, yelling, uh, you know, who, what lines up from the penalty box half the time. So uh, that didn't last very long. Yeah, no, you mentioned the
1: penalty box, you were uh, pretty much a goon the entire way up, I played with you, and uh, no, I won't label you that, but uh, definitely a hard-nosed kind of guy, got in the the other team's faces a lot, played junior A Lakers, uh, and Peterborough obviously your whole way up, but uh, you announced your retirement several years back, what made you decide to hang up the gear and call it a career for box lacrosse?
0: Uh, We kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, I mean, you know, I had dreams growing up of getting into the NLL and and, and playing, you know, pro at that level. But, um, you know, the bumps and bruises along the way, I... I I was, as a, as you'd say, you know, kind of a hard-nosed player that mixed it up a bit, and uh, a couple, you know, uh, fractures of a wrist, and uh, coupled that with uh, going to university and, and getting involved with uh, music more and wanting to take, uh, you know, performing more seriously, um, got into got into a band as well, and uh, you know, weekends are usually when you get your gigs, so um, it came down to, uh, you know, do I want to go spend. Uh, you know, the weekend on a bus to went Sound and losing the first round of the playoffs uh, and, and experience that disappointment, or did I want to try to, you know, something new? And as I said, you know, lacrosse has been, has been good to me. I've played it my whole entire life, but it just came down to, uh, you know, wanting to do new things, kind of expand my horizon. I was getting into coaching and wanting to build a program, and, uh, you know, music's been a big part of my life as well, so...
1: So you mentioned the fractured wrist. Now, was that from uh, beating on some guys' faces in lacrosse fights, or was that from uh, playing the guitar so hard?
0: Well, you know, there's there's a little bone in your wrist called the scaphoid, and uh, I fractured that a couple times, and it's it's one of those things. It was just uh, they call it the puncher's break. So um, probably too many you know punches on top of a guy's head. Um, You know, would lead to that kind of injury So, um, as far as thrashing on the guitar no, I know, I take my more influences from guys like You know, Neil Young, Bob Dylan More folk songwriting stuff So, not as much thrashing as I know uh, You liked uh, back in your grade 8 days Listening to Anthrax and what have you
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, you know But uh, Shout out to my old man, Eddie Arnold He's always listening to the show And uh, he's a big Neil, Neil Young fan So, uh, yeah. he'll appreciate you mentioning that and, For sure uh, Maybe he can uh, check you out at one of the local bars if you're still playing on the
0: scene. Yeah, we'll we'll tell him to dust off that acoustic. I I always recognize seeing him you know in the living room behind the chair, and maybe we'll we'll do a little sing along to you know Old Man or something like that. But no, your dad grand. was definitely a, a a big influence on me. If he's listening, uh, I had the opportunity to you know sit down with him at the Peterborough Square and and talk about journalism and the trade last year. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he he's helped me out a lot, and uh, just like a f- bunch of other people have uh, there in Peterborough, it's interesting, you know, to to come full circle and and uh, you know see some of these guys who you grew up with, uh, you know, continuing to help and motivate you.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. You did mention his guitar collecting dust uh, behind the chair there at uh, our old place, but uh, I think the grandkids beat on that now, so he'll have to get it back <laughs> in soon. But uh, we'll see if we can have a little reunion concert between you guys. Uh, as I mentioned earlier We touched on it Peter is a hotbed for lacrosse And the city produces I mean some of the best Lacrosse players in the world Let's start out by talking about One of the best players right now Sean Evans Him and Garrett Billings They battled it out all year For the scoring lead But Shawnee's 10 points on Saturday Gave him the 2013 scoring title Not only that He uh, ended up with 112 points Which shattered the roughneck Single season record That was previously held By Josh Sanderson And Lewis Radcliffe How impressed were you By Shawnee's
0: dominant performance This season And were you surprised at all? I mean, uh... You know, a, a guy who, you know, listed in the program at 5'8", you know, 165. I mean, the guy's a whirlwind uh, of talent. He's an incredible lacrosse player. And if you checked uh, my most recent column, uh, the lowdown in the Examiner, it was a feature on Sean Evans and, and him capturing, you know, just another uh, another scoring title, you know, another feather in his cap. He's already, you know, won scoring titles in junior and at the senior level. And, you know, this is essentially, you know, his his triple crown. Um, incredible competitor comes from, a, you know, a, Family of just diehard, you know, you know, it's either you know win or die for them essentially, and uh, you know this guy's just such a, an incredible competitor. I've I've seen him. You know he's a he's a new father now, and I think uh, you know he's got this new maturity about him that you that we never saw. You know he's uh, he still has that edge. He's able to you know compete and play with that edge, but he's he, it's amazing how much more disciplined he is, and 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 how it's uh, helped his game. He's never break you know broken the hundred point mark uh, in his eight year career, and this year he does it. And uh, sure enough, I you know he's he's quick to you know say it's it's an honor, but he's also you know quick to throw the accolades on his offense and 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 the guys that are there to help support him. And Cal- Cal- you know they're one of the most lethal offenses in the league you know they've got the you know the Curtis Dixon you know Dane Dobie who's who's a little injured right now but you know Jeff Shatler like these guys are these guys are you know all-stars in their own right and it's five of them on the floor so uh, I I think a guy like Sean Evans you know this was just a matter of time before uh, you know he got the recognition that he deserves and uh, you know he's a shoe-in for MVP in my opinion.
1: Now, a lot of guys have mentioned the maturity and the discipline, and I, uh, I do think uh, I agree with you as well. It does come with uh, him being a new father and everything. I talked to John Grant earlier in the year, and those are the two words he mentioned, and he said, Shawnee's been spending a lot more time in the gym as well. I grew up with Scotty, and uh, I don't even think he knows how to get to the gym, so it's very uh, <laughs> exciting for me to see, and Evans really put a lot of focus into the game of lacrosse like Shawnee's doing. Not that Scotty's not focused, but uh, Shawnee's focused in a different way, and he's really trying to hone his craft. Do you think he's hit his peak, or uh, do you think he he's got better years ahead of him still?
0: Um, I I don't think so. I mean, uh, I think Sean... you know he's got many years you know he, he is an eight-year veteran but at the same time you know he's just a young guy and um he's he's only going to get better his work ethic is you know is second to none and i think kurt moloski you got to give this guy credit the head coach out there first year head coach uh, i wrote a story for inside lacrosse kind of profiling him and uh you know you you talk around the league this guy's the best motivator out there He talks about family and has these guys you know ready to go to war for another you bleed for me i'll bleed for you together you know we'll, we'll go through the Wall, and uh, that's that's the you know the sentiment that I see uh, in Sean right now in Calgary with that team. You look at their last three wins; they were all you know dramatic come from behind victories. Uh, I, I, I said you know why don't we start calling the Calgary Roughnecks the cardiac Roughnecks? You know they have the fans just on the edge of their seat, your heart pounding. You you, you know you're sitting there watching, they're pulling your hair, out are, are they going to do it again? And they seem to find a way. And uh, Sean says that's all in their strategy. Um, you know these guys train to be the Hardest working team out there, and um, I encourage people to go check out the Examiner and check out the article because there's some great quotes. But uh, you know, the, this is their strategy. They, they push teams to the limit, and uh, they they want to outwork you and then take advantage of you in the end. And and that's what they're doing. So that's really going to make them a dangerous uh, team to compete with in the uh, you know the three game N L L playoff format.
1: Yeah, they've been a great team to watch this year. We've seen so many games uh broadcast
0: because of YouTube, right? The Lacrosse
1: uh, Network showing all the games. This has been a great year and uh, do you think do you see the sport of lacrosse growing because of uh, you know the games being so accessible to people?
0: I'm so impressed with it. I mean, um you know, you you, you have the NHL strike this year. Um, unfortunately, it ends you know right before the NLL season starts. Just when you think lacrosse is finally going to get its, its <laughs> moments it 's limelight uh, you know the, the guys yeah, sorted well. out, uh, which was kind of funny um, in a way i mean I, I know people talking about the NHL you know that, that it 's been more exciting with less games, but uh, to be honest um, i haven 't been as excited about lacrosse um, in a long time as I have this year, uh, partly in part because i just don 't care about the NHL anymore and partly because you know i 'm getting an opportunity to write for these publications, I got to focus on lacrosse, but having it on YouTube, the lacrosse network and uh, the NLL network combining um, is incredible for growing the game. And I think you look at the league right now, the way it's set up with nine teams, um, the parity has, you know, that, that, that's been, you know, the word tossed around all year because you look at the, uh, you know, matchups from week to week, it's impossible to pick some winners sometimes. And that's just uh, basically based on all that talent that's spread out. Uh, I think they could probably get one more team in there, you know, to, to average it out to 10. You'd have 10, you know, five teams in the east, hopefully five teams in the west. I'm not sure where they put that. Perhaps Pittsburgh, you know, that's a sporting town. Um, but I think you have to be careful with growth as well. You don't want to uh, dilute the product on the floor as well either. Um, what they got is a pretty good thing working right now. I think you'd look at a league like the Sealax, uh, perhaps, you know, maybe carry that weight and, uh, you know, uh, work with the NLL perhaps as a as a farm system. I, I, I do think uh, the game of lacrosse is growing and, and, and really I feel like it hasn't been bigger. So uh, I would like to see it keep growing if it could.
1: Yeah, I'm like you. I haven't watched hockey one bit, so my Saturday nights
0: have been just
1: around uh, the computer, actually, watching the YouTube feeds. TSN's been doing a good job, too, showing uh, most of the Rock games. So definitely been a great year, and uh, looking forward to the playoffs for sure. But I want to talk about a couple more Peterborough players. I mentioned John Grant earlier. He was my very first guest on Over and Back way back when, and uh, he's arguably the best player in the world. But to me, there's no argument. He is the best. I ask every player who's on the show who uh, they think the top talented player is, and it's always John. Grant Jr. He was leading the league in goals right up until late Sunday or late Saturday, rather, uh, when Washington's Reese Dutch passed him. Are you surprised that Jr. is still able to produce like this so late in his career? I don't know
0: Have you had a chance to see some of those uh, YouTube uh, highlight videos he's doing with you know these trick shots everywhere.
1: The, yeah, the guy's uh, the
0: guy's clearly a wizard um, at what he does. He, he obviously loves the game uh, more than anybody else uh, as well. Um, and, you know, we get a chance to watch him here in the summer, and it's such a treat. The guy's a, a magician with that stick, and uh, if you have a chance, you know, lacrosse fans, could just go Google his uh, trick shot videos. They're hilarious to watch, you know. He's, he parks himself, you know, at the Redwoods Theatre and fires a ball, you know, five kilometers and picks up, a, you know, a, a messenger pigeon, and, and the message reads, you know, something or another. But anyways, uh, I'm trailing <laughs> off, but uh, it's, a, it's a pretty uh, incredible thing to witness. Uh, and. I do think he is uh, definitely on top of his game. Uh, he's been a great ambassador for the sport and growing. Um, and you see young kids now coming into the league, guy like Mark Matthews, you know, uh, he, you know, bears a great resemblance, you know, not just in stature and size, you know, 6'4 frame, but uh, the way they play the game, you know, the creativity. Um, you know, the true geniuses find, you know, new ways to do things simply. And uh, John Grant has done that with the stick for sure over the time.
1: You yeah, know, the YouTube uh, trick shot videos are beauty. The Colorado Mammoth are releasing those uh, kind of on a weekly basis, it seems. So you can go to their Facebook page or you can go to the archives of my Twitter account. I've been tweeting every time a new video comes out. My favorite was the last one. He was on the hard court, Denver Nuggets, and he finishes off by rifling a ball into the recycling bin. He just says, I love to recycle. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just love that quote. It's yeah. just beauty to me. But uh, do you think he's going to be uh, back in Peterborough this summer? I heard he's going to apply for his working visa, so that might keep him in the States. Have you heard anything?
0: You know what? I'm not sure. Uh, I think he's been so busy with those highlight, uh, you know, hot shot videos. Uh, he hasn't been returning any of my uh, my uh, requests for interviews, so I can't really comment. I, I did read a piece, however, in the paper from Mike Davies saying that uh, you know he's become an American citizen now. He's got that dual citizenship. and He might just live down there and play lacrosse. Um, but you know that guy loves playing for Peter and competing. I I don't uh, I don't doubt really. You know he'll he'll be going back and forth again, uh, kind of like he did last year. You know on that wacky, uh, you know, schedule, but uh, playing both leagues, and I think it's 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 funny to see how many guys in the league still, uh, you know, play full year-round lacrosse, I think, you know, we're talking about it, the games evolving now, but it's also part, because, you know, there's these free lacrosse leagues, you know, the professional MLL, and then you've got the MSL in the summer, where guys are able to, you know, make a, it's not just a hobby game anymore, it, uh, you know, they're actually able to make a good, uh, a good chunk of change playing the game, and uh, support themselves doing it, so, uh, you know.
1: Johnny Grant, growing up, he always played with Tracy Kaluski. good old Kenner boys there. They actually went to school with Bobby Roode, a wrestler, TNA wrestling champion. So that was uh, quite the trio there, growing up, playing field lacrosse. Any idea what's happening with Tracy right now? He hasn't played in a few weeks.
0: Well, he's been on the injured reserve all year. Um and I mean, you know, you asked Tracy Koleski you know, John Grant, that you know, these these guys you you look back at the draft years, you know, all these guys that go with them in the first rounds of drafts you know have long retired. Um uh so I mean, they'll they'll be the first to tell you they're getting a little long in the tooth, but uh, I know the competitive bug still flies in, in in Tracy, but he has had some rib issues this year. Um I know right now his focus is definitely going to be on the junior A lacrosse squad there, the Lakers, but uh you know, it, it, you can't play forever and um you know, it, it comes down to a, a difficult decision for a player. You know, um, you know, how do I want to go? out? Do I want to go out on top of my game, or do, or do I want to go out? You know, um, you know, as a, as a, you know, potential fourth liner type situation. So you know, it, it's a harsh realization. But uh, you know, deep inside, I'm sure you know, after some soul searching, the players can make that decision for themselves. I wouldn't be one to, you know, tell a guy when to hang him up for sure.
1: Especially those guys. I mean, they got a lot of heart and passion, so they'll definitely be making the final decision on that one. Those are just three players uh, from Peterborough, but there's tons of Peterborough boys who are in the league right now. Who else do you think stood out this season?
0: Well, uh, there's twenty, or well, there's twenty-three or twenty-four guys, anyways, off that Lakers roster that are playing somewhere in the NLL. Um, and guys that stand out, we talked about him. You know, Sean Evans, of course, already. Um, but you got to look at a guy like Jordan McIntosh. And uh, I should point to listeners to my blog, Twenty One Sports Beat. It's uh, been an NLL blog this year, and uh, I wrote up uh, basically just a predictions list for the awards. And uh, you know, Jordan McIntosh in his sophomore season, what what a what a career he's uh, already established. Uh, you know, breaking um, a loose ball record in in week 16. You know, picking up 24 loose balls. Um, the guy. Uh, uh, you know he's he's had it tough this year. You got Andrew Suter, you know, in, in in his regard is probably the best transition player in the game right now. He goes down with an injury there in week 6, and you know, there's a lot of pressure on uh Jordan McIntosh's shoulders to, uh, you know, pick up the slack there, and I think he's done a fantastic job. He's a smart young player who uh, you know, started the year at the back door, you know, you know, playing defense, transitioning up the floor. He found his scoring touch and uh, you know, he's my pick for transition player of the year. I believe he should get that.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that one. He's definitely had a breakout year and uh stellar performance every game that uh, I always review all the Peter Laker stats and he's always right up there one of the most consistent players in the league this year. So hopefully he does take home that award. And uh, good luck to them in the playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, let's touch on who our predictions are. We're going to start in the East, semifinal action, Saturday. It's going to feature the third-ranked Philadelphia Wings. They finished the season at 7-9. and nine. They're going to face off against Rochester, who, even though they finished 8-8, eight and eight, they still uh, were in second place. So again, that word comes up, so much parity in the league. So you can finish 8-8 mm-hmm. eight and eight and Absolutely. still come in second. Uh, who do you think is going to come out <laughs> on top in that one?
0: I uh, like you. You know, I filled out the NFL fantasy uh, teams this year, and I've, I've tried to make picks, and I've tried to, you know, go on radio shows and tell people who's going to win in that. But I've also, you know, uh, accumulated a, a record not unlike the Buffalo Bandits. You know, uh, you know, going six and nine, you know, or or, or worse on my picks this year. Uh, what I can tell you though is, uh, you look at a team like Philadelphia. Um, You know, there's 14 Americans on their team Uh, Interesting, you know, roster dynamic there Um, I go to their head-to-head matchups, you know Rochester handled these guys in a 20-10 to contest at the start of the season You'll remember they played an afternoon game, Scott I don't know if you called in six for that one But uh, it was an 11 a.m. game um, and, and Rochester just handled them, you know, 22-10. Uh, but the funny thing is the next day, what happens, uh, Philadelphia comes back and beats them 10-8. Um, but in their most recent game, uh, Rochester able to double them up 14-7. Um, so if I'm a betting man, I'm going to take Rochester, not only just because they have the season record, but you've got a guy like Matt Vince, who uh, I say is the goaltender of the year, only because he leads statistics, uh, you know, in all the crucial categories for goaltenders in total saves with 662, you know, an 8.03 save percentage. And 10.17 goals against average. You know, he's that's the tops of all the league. Uh, he's essentially my runner-up for MVP behind Shawnee. He, the only reason you know he didn't get it because of such a career season that Shawnee had, and perhaps his 8-8 record that we talked about. But uh, I definitely like the uh, the Nighthawks if I'm a betting man in that game. Um, I'd be curious to just hear what you thought, Scott.
1: No, and I I definitely remember that 11 a.m. game. It was on a Friday. Uh, It was a kid's day, so they had all the kids' school groups out there. And Mm -hmm. I actually had Brad Self on the show uh, the Monday after that. He was saying that after the Friday game, the plane, something happened. It was delayed, so they had to take a bus. All the way back uh, to Rochester to get ready for that next game. And he said they're just, uh, you know, their legs were worn out. But that's the life of an NLL lacrosse player. I mean, you can't have the private jets. You're on these public flights with everyone else. So big, long buster. I think he said it was eight or nine hours to get back. And then a quick turnaround playing the very next night. And uh, as he said, Philly ended up destroying them in that one. But you, the only you re- know, the- yeah, go ahead. to
0: say you know the one thing against Rochester is if you look at their schedule, they had two weekends uh, to finish the year going back to back. And I know uh, you know those back to back games it takes a toll on these guys. Uh, I'm not sure uh, what uh, Corey Vitarelli's status is. I did hear that he had to get some fluid drained off his elbow before the game. That's why he missed the final week. But uh, you know he he's had an incredible season and uh, he's uh, he's a threat on offense, but not only uh, you know with the ball and a stick, but also around the net. The guy is a, a vacuum cleaner as far as picking up and scooping up loose. Balls. So, you know, you want to see them healthy. Um, I think that'll be important to to making a long run. Um, But their schedule certainly didn't help them down the stretch. But, uh,
1: I love Vid. He's a beauty. I had him on a couple weeks ago, and he's been featured twice on ESPN's Top 10, the American Station, not the TSN Top 10, but ESPN down in the States. They've been awesome covering lacrosse and showing the highlights and everything, so two of his Superman goals. I asked him about the diving, if it uh, took a toll on his body, and he said not really, so I don't know if the elbow, he just landed on the elbow, and uh, maybe that jinxed him. Uh, I have no idea, but hopefully we'll see him in the lineup on Saturday. I'm going with Rochester just because of the Peterborough boys who are on there. I'd love to see the Self Brothers. Take it home, uh, Brad and Vitt, They obviously won it last year, but it'd be nice for yeah. uh, both self brothers to take it. And Philly, they got no Peterborough guys in their lineup, so I just toss uh, <laughs> them off to the side. They're not in my books. So uh, I'm be going to we for might,
0: sure. uh, Yeah, we got to be careful. We might scare off some of these Oshawa, Durham, you know, Orangeville listeners out there. Yeah. But uh, you know, in, in the you know, in, in the idea of a Peterborough show, uh, you know, how do you, how do you look at Brad Self and not think of him as a contender for uh, Defensive Player of the Year with the season that he's having? Uh, you know, leading in goal and assists for defensive players. Uh, you know, you look at that game, uh, that 10-9 victory over B- uh, Buffalo last week. Who's the guy that picks off the cross-crease pass, right, to kill the clock? It's, uh, you know, Brad Self, a guy who's, who's super clutch. And uh, if not he, him winning the defensive player of the year, he's definitely a runner-up. So um, who do we got else in the uh, in the playoffs here, Arnie? I'm
1: just going to mention here real quick, yeah, you said we're going to skip. Don't uh, be too happy with me, but uh, him and I have been feuding. He's a big Langley Thunder fan. He hosts a show all about the Langley Thunder in the summer, so, uh, you know, obviously uh, we're going to clash heads with our opinions. He's a great guy. We definitely get along off air, but.
0: Uh, Who's yeah, definitely. I, I had phone uh, Rocko,
1: yeah, no worries. Rocco Granado, I was just saying, he oh, hosts a show called Wings Nest on our network, right. all about the Philadelphia Wings and uh, also about the Langley Thunder in the summer. So we definitely clash heads with opinions there. So I don't know if we'll lose too many listeners, but if we have, you can tune into Rocco tomorrow and hear him uh, talking all about the Philadelphia Wings. That might make you happy. happy. But the nice uh, second game. Second game, yeah, nice plug, uh, going into uh, second game, though, Sunday, April 28th, we got uh, Minnesota, they're the fourth seed, going up against number one Toronto, they secured first place a few weeks ago, they finished the season at 10-6, and six. Uh, for this one, I'm going to go with Toronto, I think they're going to walk all over Minnesota, Minnesota's had a, they've been on a tear as of late, uh, winning a few games with 20 plus goals, But I think their little Cinderella run, I'll call it, because I mean they were in the basement most of the season. I think that's over this weekend when they travel into Toronto. And uh, I hope Evie's in the lineup. They've been sitting him out a while. Uh, Before, when they had, we talked about two games in a row, Friday, Saturday games. They were sitting out Evie on the Friday game to kind of give him a rest for Saturday. But now they're just randomly sitting him out. So I hope it doesn't turn into a whole Edmonton debacle of last year where they sit him out through the playoffs when he's worked so hard to, you know, be a big piece of uh, this team winning. I think this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, that's a Sunday 3 o'clock game. I can't wait to, I've had the, you know, the, the luxury of going to every game this year, living in Toronto. Um, and, and I'm totally impressed with the product every time. You, you, let's look at their head-to-head record, Arnie. you got uh, Minnesota, you know, they take one at home, 13-12, uh, and then on the on the other side of things, you flip it over. It's another 13-12 game, but this time it's Toronto coming up with the victory, so I mean, they've, they've split it this year. Um, the one thing I'm concerned about is, is discipline in the playoffs. You know, it, it's a one-game, you know, essentially, you know, it's one-game seven every round. You know, there, there, there's no series like we see in the summer, and, uh, you know, it often comes down to Little things, you know, turnovers, uh, you know, discipline issues. And the Rock, you know, if you take some penalties against them, they've got you know the second best power play really that's operating out there. The guy Garrett Billings, you know, he's just a genius on the floor. Um, so I think I think this is going to be a peculiar game and one that's going to be difficult to call. Um, but uh, if Toronto can get the lead early, uh, Minnesota are a famous slow starting team uh, this season. They've been heavily outscored in the first quarter all year. So I think you know if Toronto can get the the early lead, get the fans, you know, at the ACC going crazy, they've had some good. Good crowds this year, um, home field advantage I think plays you know somewhat of a role uh, in this. Um, so, if I was a betting man, I'm going to circle the rock with you. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, this this Minnesota team, despite you know their last five games have been you know uh, all played against below 500 teams. Um those 500 teams have proven this year that they can win at any time as well. But uh, I'm going to go with the – I don't know how you can't go with it. It's the only team to win 10 games uh, in this one. So I'm going to go with the Rock with you on this one as well.
1: All right, we'll see what happens. We'll move over to the West here. And uh, Saturday game We've got Fourth seeded Colorado Mammoth Versus number one seed Calgary Roughnecks On paper It seems like the Roughnecks Are a shoe-in But I think I'm going to Pencil in Colorado On this one Uh, I'm not going to Circle it in pen But a nice Mm -hmm, little mm -hmm. Thick pencil Or yeah uh, Johnny Grant He can turn it up He can win games At any time Especially in the playoffs Especially in these big games And everyone seems to Rally around him When he gets on fire So if he gets hot Early on Look out I mean he shoots From everywhere And uh, he can miss Ten shots in a row But then the next five will go in for him so he's one of those guys who will just keep shooting until he finds the back of the net and I know Colorado you can't shut down Sean Evans I mean that's Mm -hmm. impossible but if they can contain him to one or two goals they're going to have a great chance in this one so I've got Colorado penciled in
0: right yeah that's that's an interesting pick way to go on a limb there Um, just just for uh, you know parity I'm going to go with the other side uh, and I'm going to uh, bring out my Sharpie and Circle Calgary, uh, just because uh, they are the only team in the league that has won three games, and you've got to win three games back-to-back. They're the only team in the NLL that have consecutively won more than three games on two separate occasions. Um, I think they're built for the playoffs. I think they've been, um, you know, the best team in the fourth quarter all year. Uh, they, they're the most exciting team, in my opinion. Uh, and as I said earlier, they've got one of the best coaches, best offenses. Um, you know, that that's essentially it for me. I think these guys are built for the playoffs. They're built for the battle, and uh, uh, I think with a guy like Sean Evans right now, he's uh, he's going to have some continued success here in the playoffs. You know, feeding off some momentum, and uh, I'm going to circle Calgary on that game.
1: All right, we'll move on to the second game in the West. It's going to see uh, Edmonton and Washington. Edmonton finished third, Washington was second, but they both finished with nine and seven records. I'm not a big fan of Edmonton whatsoever. I don't like watching this team, not a fan. And uh, I, if I could, I would turn off the TV if they weren't uh, playing you know, some of my favorite teams all year. But every, what they did to Evy last year just kind of upset me, and I talked to him early on, and we both agreed uh, he, they would have won the championship if they kept him in the lineup. So I got no respect for this team whatsoever. I'm going to wow. go with Washington, hands down. Huge Sharpie 10 times around. I actually picked oh. Washington though at the start of the year to win it all. So that's another yeah. reason why I'm going with Washington. I love their lineup. Uh, my whole fantasy league is pretty much Washington guys. I got uh, the Nooch on there, Reese Dutch, who uh, has been lighting it up big time. You got Sorensen on there, the captain. He's a beauty. And uh, Lewis Radcliffe. I mean, the guy's a machine. He's been turning it on all year. Cliff Smith, he's been back and forth. Uh, Early on, he lit it up, and then mid-season, he sort of quieted right down. But last couple games, he's really woken up. He had four points last night, or Saturday night, rather. So uh, Washington, heavy favorite for me. And as I said, I picked them to go all the way in this year's.
0: Wow, wow, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, I mean... I think it's it's amazing uh, and perhaps a blessing that Edmonton lost that game to Calgary. Uh, you know, had they won, they would have clinched the division title and also the league title, uh, and and would have hosted throughout the playoffs. But you look at their home record, two and six, miserable at home. They went on that stretch where they won six games. You know, the month of uh, I think the month of March and and a bit of early April, where they won six games in a row on the road. Um, You know, this is a team that's got a fantastic goalie, Aaron Bold, former junior Laker. Let's throw that out there. Uh, You know, he's he's the top three goalie this year. Um, You got Mark Matthews, who's you know shooing for the Rookie of the Year. You could almost put him in uh, you know the top five for MVP. I just I just think you know uh, that's a very lethal team. They they have a really fast start and if uh Washington, you know, they don't show up to play, I I think this could get out of hand early. Um but you look at Washington, I mean, they've got they've got a 6 and uh, 2 record I believe at home. Uh so this is going to be a doozy. I mean, who do you pick here? You know, both teams in their last 5 games are 3 and 2. Um, you got a great goaltender and Tyler Richards on the other side. Uh, In in a lot of ways, this is a goaltender's league, and uh, if you have a good goalie and he's on his game, he can win it for you. I think uh, I like Aaron Bold right now in this matchup, so I'll go the other side, Arnie, and I'll take Edmonton on this one.
1: See, and I like T. Rich. T. Rich has faced 40-plus uh, shots in each of the games. If you look at Boldy, I mean, he's stopping. Some games he has 28 to 33 shots, so he's averaging out of 30 defense, shots yeah. a game. So, yeah, that shows how great defense uh, Edmonton has, and they've been strong all year. But T. Rich can win a game for you, and as he said, it's going to be a goaltender's duel. So very excited to see this one, and uh, Washington, though, they're my lock. Uh, for sure, that's uh, if I got to put the hammer down on any team, it's going to be Washington. So very excited about that matchup. Excited for the entire playoffs, you know. And you mentioned your blog earlier. The uh, individual awards are going to be coming up soon, and you had some great predictions on there. Where can people go again to find that blog? Because I was really interested in uh, reading yeah, all that stuff, no, and I think thanks, the listeners will be.
0: Yeah, thanks for bringing it up. It's something I've been working on uh, for a few years now, and I'm happy to say it. it's got my 7,939 hit here just after nice. we started the show. So uh, somebody out there is listening and went. But it's uh, jessethomas21.blogspot.ca. Just thomas 21 and a Google search usually brings up my Twitter handle or, or the, the blog that I'm working on here. But I've also been uh, you know spending my time writing with the examiner. Check it out, peterroexaminer.com, for some great lacrosse coverage there. Um, and it, it's definitely been a blast. You know, I've enjoyed uh, every moment of it this year, and I'm going to continue to keep that blog rocking all playoff long. So, um, yeah, listeners, if you're out there, check it out, and uh, don't uh, hesitate to put a comment on there. And let me know what you think, or if you've got any ideas. Uh, I think one thing about the internet, what it's done, is it's brought you know people of like minds closer together, and the ability to share information and, and and you know really really bond on a, on a on a different level. You know, there could be a lacrosse fan in Washington who you who you build a relationship with and share information. And, uh, you know, it's important to take advantage of that uh, because there's a lot of different people out there, a lot of, uh, you know, amateur bloggers and professional writers, and, um, you know, they're all, you know, doing the same thing. They want to grow this game and see it take off. So I don't know if the NLL has an award for uh, the best official or not, but
1: uh, if they don't, they should. I know the Sealax does, but with you being a former referee yourself, who would you
0: name as the official of the year if you could? If there was an official of the year, wow. Um you know what i would have to give it to the guy who has had to you know do the most uh <laughs> reviews you'll see it's kind of like an NFL review where the coach will toss out the, uh, the flag, and I think that referee who was in Toronto that week after Dan Dawson scored a goal on the crease, uh, and it was waved off, um, Mike Hazen, I said to him in an interview after the game, I said, you know, the Jays just got blown out 13-0. Um, has anybody from the club contacted you about your arm? Because sure enough, he pulls out the flag and, uh, he, you know, he, he says it wasn't intentional. He's looking up at the screen, of course, but, you know, he drills the, the passing official right in the chest and uh that guy, you know, took it like a champ and uh I'd have to give it to him, whoever he was. <laughs> I, I I don't know names. Um you'd have to uh you'd have to watch it but it was it was a pretty funny video clip.
1: Yeah, the only one I know by name actually is uh, Bill Fox from uh, way back in the day. I remember Finney would always come to our games and he'd be just hollering Foxy the entire game. So that's the only reason I know his name. But uh, I thought with you being a former referee, uh, you'd be all buddy-buddy with those guys. So I didn't know there.
0: Well, you know, that was just more or less to get some drinking money for the weekend. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, you know, once once the game was over, I didn't really, uh, you know, hang around the room for long. You know, you can only talk to Wiswell, you know, so long about things in Coburg. So, (laughs) uh, you know, that that, that was a short-lived career as well, perhaps just as long as my, uh, you know, uh, anthem singing career. Yeah, we'll see what happens
1: there. But uh, I was
0: a dedicated referee. I was uh, just there
1: for, uh, you know, the pure uh, dedication to the game. Uh, oh. I, I didn't even get paid, so it's a surprise to me that Without you got paid. a pay,
0: doubt. But yeah, figures
1: yeah. that uh, PJ Johnson was in charge of all the referees. So it figures that uh, you got paid there. But Absolutely. Wiswell, I, I refed with him a few games, and uh, we were reffing a tight game. I'll share a quick story with Jason Wiswell. He got so mad at one of the calls, he whipped his whistle right off the boards. it shattered into a million pieces. They had to delay the game for about 10 minutes, the Laker Classic, so we could pick up Wiswell's whistle. And now he's reffing in the NLL. So, uh, you know, we could have been there too, Jesse, but. Uh,
0: wow. I think I don't it know just what goes to show. Uh, I think it just goes to show for the young listeners at home. You know, uh, in Wiswell's case, if you uh, apply yourself and put your mind to it, you know, you can achieve anything you want. And I think that's the great message out of Wiswell's story there. Yeah, no, definitely.
1: All right, Jesse, that's going to bring us to our last segment here. Uh, I ask all of my guests six quick questions and what I like to call the sock tricks. So if you're ready, mm-hmm. I'm going to hit you with them.
0: I hate so, these, but uh, I'll give it my best shot.
1: Hey, man, uh, I'll try to make them as easy as possible here for you. Uh, Besides lacrosse, what's your favorite sport?
0: Besides lacrosse, my favorite sport would have to be the leisure game of golf. And uh, who's your favorite golfer right now? Um, Well, there's a few of them up there, but uh, Jason Duffner uh, has to be one of my favorite. not only because I like his style, but also because he reminds me a little bit of myself. Uh, He's a real snappy dresser. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I'll have to check him out and see uh, compare outfits with you guys. Uh, As I said, I posted that anthem video with you. You were pretty sharp dressed in that anthem video, so Mm -hmm. I'll compare Mm -hmm. and uh, see who's the snazzier dresser. Who's the toughest guy in lacrosse right now in any league?
0: Um, Well, he's not playing right now, but the toughest guy is Andrew Suter, without a doubt. He's a a boxer in his spare time, you know. And I think you know, seeing him throw down uh, that game before his injury with Snyder, that fight, uh, you know, was pretty evident of that as well
1: that was the best fight I've seen in lacrosse with Schneider uh, I posted that a long time ago and I was actually going to have Suter on the show uh, he got injured that weekend though so we had to uh, reschedule things he was on some heavy pain medication so he definitely wasn't in any shape to come in here but one of the questions was uh, do you box so you just answered that for me I was yeah, wondering where yeah, he got all training with the
0: coming from he's been training the last couple of years in, in a top ranked gym in Minnesota um, not sure if he's ever actually going to fight or does does it for conditioning things but uh, you know, I, I'd even go to See, watch that guy fight somewhere. Oh, he's a beast. Uh, Who's
1: the most talented player right now?
0: Uh, The most talented player, well, I'd probably. How can you not go with a guy like Sean Evans? I mean, the guy brings it every night. You know, he's he's a a premier setup man. You know, he was two assists shy of the all-time assist record this season. 32 goals. The guy does it all. uh, Draws penalties like no other. And you know what? He's also uh, kind of dangerous on the forecheck. Um, He has a a real knack for you know uh, splitting guys between the ball and their stick. Um, I'd I'd say you know the guys like him. A guy like Garrett Billings. You know, uh, same thing goes for him. You know, he's just got a great vision of the floor. And then you can't uh, deny you know, a guy like John Grant Jr. Uh, so those would be my top three anyways.
1: Yeah, I, I would go with, uh, I mean, John Grant, undeniably, he's the best player for sure. I said that before. But Sean Evans, the baby of the family, he's uh, definitely getting up there, and he's got a lot of years left in him. And I love what he's doing right now with Brad Self, uh, Nationwide Lacrosse. I plug it every show. So if anyone's listening out there and they want to send your kid to the best lacrosse camp in North America, yeah, go to yeah. nationwidelacrosse.ca. These guys are doing huge things.
0: I'm thinking uh, about know, going
1: myself yeah no you you should for sure definitely uh you know get back into the game and work on your skills a little bit i think it'll take a lot more than uh one week at camp though to uh,
0: get back your skills well i'd like to see you there as well
1: yeah yeah no we'll sign up we'll see if they can hook us up with a free week and then we'll write about our experience there how's that that
0: wouldn't be bad that that's no, that might be something
1: that actually would work out i think uh there's a lot of cheap shot artists in the league right now who would you say is the dirtiest player <laughs>
0: the dirtiest player. Oh man, uh it, it's one of those leagues you can't take penalties anymore. And uh I think, you know, the the team that takes the most penalties is uh, you know, the bandits this year. They they've had, you know, issues with that. Uh, I just nobody really stands out as far as a cheap shot artist. Uh I couldn't say. I mean, uh, you know, you, you got that kid uh, in Colorado, uh, Kineshny, who flashed the bird. Maybe that was a cheap shot of the year, you know, trying to yeah. you know, go at the fans. I don't know. The, the, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, cheap shot artist, I w- you know, five years ago, I would have said Sean Evans again. He would have taken both <laughs> categories, but we talked about his new maturity. So, so you can't lump him in there. But, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really see that. Uh, I don't think there's room for that in the game anymore. You know, power plays are just so efficient now, so you've got to stay out of the box. Yes, I think uh, the double birds, you're right there by uh, Chet Konechny early on in the year. I mean,
1: that was just ridiculous. Uh, Let's go with that. Yeah, definitely stick with him. Uh, You mentioned uh, early on you wanted to play in the NLL. That was your dream as a kid. Right. Might have lost Jesse here. We'll see if he can get back on the line. No, I'm still there. Sorry, man. Phone phone difficulty. Yeah, no, no problem at all. I was just saying, uh, if you could play on any NLL team right now and live out your dream, who would you play for?
0: Oh, man, Um, I would probably pick Toronto, um, you know, just because I live here. Uh, it would be close to my house. I actually uh, just live at Queen and Spadina, so I actually walk down to every home game. So how cool would that be to play for the Toronto Rock and have the ability to you know, put your, your bag and your stick over your shoulder and just walk to the ring? Uh, that would kind of be ideal. But uh, you, even Colorado would be wild. You know, they've got the – they set the attendance records this year. Uh would be pretty neat as well, you know, get some traveling under my belt. But I'd have to say Toronto for sure.
1: Nice. Well, Jesse, that's going to do it uh, for that segment here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it, and I'll try to get you on at the end of the playoffs, and we'll see if our playoff predictions came true.
0: Yeah, I hope you wrote those down. I know the kind of guy you are. You you probably do some kind of, you know, switching here some some equivocal uh, you know, maneuvers. So uh, hopefully maybe even somebody out there can post our picks. and uh, you know, we'll see how they hold up. I'd be surprised if one of us does well. It's been one of those years, but I'm super excited for the playoffs uh, to get started. So thanks for having me on the show, Scott. It it's, it's yeah. been great. And and as I said, uh, I'm just surprised it took you this long.
1: No, I know. I appreciate it. That's why I'm going to have you on twice in the next uh, couple weeks here, for sure, including today, uh, obviously. But this rerun is going to go up on In Lacrosse We Trust on the main website. So I won't be able to play around with your picks. These are set in stone. So Jesse Thomas, everybody, we're going to touch base with him in a couple weeks. So thanks so much again for coming on here. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, Scott. It was a lot of fun. Good talking to you, man. All
1: right. Have a great night. That was NLL analyst Jesse Thomas, who's also the color commentator of the Peterborough Lakers of the MSL. The Lakers kick off their season May 23rd at home against their arch rivals, the Brampton Excelsiors. If you're in the Peterborough area, you should definitely check that one out. We're going to go to a quick break, but when we return, I'll recap the Canadian Lacrosse League Championship that took place this past weekend at the Iroquois Lacrosse Arena. So make sure you stay tuned and keep it locked in to the Lacrosse Radio Network. I'm Scott Arnold, and I'll be back with more Over and Back. Listen to Lax Live Friday nights. It's the only show that goes one-on-one with the top lacrosse analysts in the game.
0: Huge week here for the Washington Shelf coming up, but they got a big win against the Toronto Rock last week. How vital was that win for their season? Obviously, they've had their struggles throughout the season. And Chris Hall back, I think, was a huge step for them. Lax Live
1: Radio, the program that started it all. Marissa and Jemmy from In Lax We Trust talks each week. With the people who report on and shape the game. Two
0: of the top teams in the league, what's your prediction for that game? Arizona State's really struggling with their offense.
1: It's Friday nights at 6 p.m. on the Lacrosse Radio Network. It's brought to you by Destiny Lacrosse.
0: This is John Galloway of the Rochester Rattlers, and you're listening to Lacrosse Radio Network. All
1: right, and welcome back to Over and Back. I'm your host Scott Arnold, and you can catch me live right here on the Lacrosse Radio Network every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. As I said before the break, I'm going to quickly recap the Canadian Lacrosse League Championship weekend that took place at the Iroquois Lacrosse Arena. This is the second year that the Canadian Lacrosse League has uh, been around, and both championship weekends were hosted at the Iroquois Park Arena in Hagersville, Ontario. Great arena. They have turf year-round. There's no other uh, no other sports that go in there, just the lacrosse turf, so it doesn't get ripped up and down every single night like some of these other arenas. So all the players I was talking to, they said this is the best surface to play on for sure, and I got a first-hand look and uh, was able to see why they think that way. I walked on the turf for a little bit uh, during the warm-up and uh, definitely felt uh, the difference there. There's no dead spots in the carpet. You can feel some hollow spots in some of these other arenas. So they were great hosts, and I, I I can't believe the season's already over. That was a quick season. It started back in January uh, 14 weeks ago, and boom, here we were, championship weekend, the final four. It took place on Saturday in a doubleheader. The first game, it was a 1 p.m. game. It featured the Iroquois Ironmen. They were the sixth seed. Two weeks ago, we didn't even know if the Ironmen were going to get into the playoffs. Uh, It looked like they were going to be out. It was between them and the Barry Blizzard for that sixth and final playoff spot. Iroquois had only won two games all year. So in their first 12 games, they'd only won two. They had two back-to-back regular season games on a Friday night and a Saturday. Friday night, they took it to the Brampton Inferno. In an overtime game, Elijah Printup was the hero in that game. And then the next night, they beat the Durham Turf Dogs to secure their spot into the playoffs. They went in as the sixth seed. That means they had to play the first seeded Niagara Lock Monsters and the Ironmen. What a game this was for both teams, but the Ironmen definitely looked strong in this one. They took it 16-15 to 15 in overtime. This one ended 138 into the overtime frame and it was just on your edge of your seat action the entire contest. Josh Johnson, I think he was the best player of the weekend. He had four goals, two assists for the Ironman in that game, and Travis Hill had three goals, two assists. Johnson, out of his four goals, three of them were bullets from way out on the left-hand side. He got hot, and goalies couldn't even see this shot going through. Although he was shooting from the same spot, they still they knew it was coming, but... No chance in saving any of his shots. Niagara Lock Monsters in the losing effort. John Arnold. Love calling this guy. He wears number 12. No relative of mine, but as you know, my Twitter handle is at ScottArnold12. So it's uh, always funny when I call him. He has uh, number 12 on the back of his jersey. So Arnold, he had two goals, three assists. And Dylan Lord had three goals and two assists in the losing effort. The second match of that doubleheader. Saw the Durham Turf Dogs. They went into this one uh, as the fifth seed. And they played the Toronto Shooting Stars. They were the second seed. This game also went to overtime. It saw the Shooting Stars defeat the Turf Dogs 11-10. to This one went a little longer. It went 7 minutes and 18 seconds into overtime. Winning goal was Peterborough boy Aaron Grayson. He fired a bomb from way outside, almost towards center. It was a rocket right by Kevin Croswell, another Peterborough boy. And it was a heartbreaking loss for the Turf Dogs. Uh, I was their broadcaster all year, and I mean, I saw them play. They had some ups and downs. Tough season for them, but they looked hot going into this Final Four weekend. And unfortunately, tough loss. And good on Aaron Grayson, though. Congratulations for him. Peterborough boy getting that winning goal. Another Peterborough boy on the Toronto team. There's a ton of them, but uh, Mac O'Brien, he had two goals, three assists in that one. And on the other side, for the Turf Dogs, Scott Francesco, he was the star. He had four goals one assist. Captain Nick Grasby, he had five assists. And sorry, not the captain, Mitch Dumont's the captain, but Nick Grasby, he wears the A. He had five assists. And Shane Scott, who I had on the show last week, he had two goals, two assists. Kevin Croswell, unbelievable game in net. He had 48 saves. So that set up the final, which took place the very next day, Sunday afternoon matinee. It saw the Iroquois Ironmen take on the Toronto Shooting Stars. So, 6 rank Ironmen against the second-seeded Toronto Shooting Stars. Thought it was going to be another battle, but Shooting Stars, they took a while to wake up. Uh, if you can say they even woke up. Iroquois jumped out to a 5 nothing lead early on. Toronto pulled their goalie four times. In the first half alone So they started off with Gary Muzzin in there We knew going in it was, there was going to be goalie trouble I mean Toronto lost their number one tender Angus Dynley earlier in the year He was scooped up by the Philadelphia Wings In the Pro League So they've been struggling with goalie troubles And uh, I said that last week That that was going to be the difference for Toronto I had them pegged to go out in the first uh, round there Of the final four But they made it through And uh, Gary Muzzin started the game He let in five goals on seven shots So he was yanked Craig Robertson, Peterborough boy He went into the net he was yanked after two goals. It went back and forth like that. I didn't know what uh, Coach Clark was doing. Glenn Clark, I said on the broadcast, uh, you know, he's coach of the year. He must know what he's doing. It's easy for me to critique from way up in the booth. But it uh, turns out Glenn did know what he was doing because in the second half, Toronto Shooting Stars came out flying. They ended up outscoring Iroquois 6-2 to in that second half and they even shut out Iroquois altogether in the fourth quarter. So from jumping out to a 5 nothing lead to not even scoring at all in the fourth quarter, but it was a little too late for the Toronto Shooting Stars as they lost to this one, 14-11, the 2013 Creators' Cup champs, The Iroquois Ironmen in front of their hometown arena. That place was just rocking. If you want to see the championship picture, you can go to my Twitter. I posted one uh, afterwards, right after the game, the team photo. Or you can go to com, And I've got the full story up there that you can check out. Josh Wasson, Peterborough boy, Toronto Shooting Stars. He had one goal, four assists in the losing cause. I talked to him after the game, and, uh, you know, he said, same thing as I did, slow start, they couldn't catch up, and uh, I mean, they knew, they knew that uh, it was, uh, there was trouble right from the get-go, and it was a tough game to watch, I thought Iroquois was going to run away with it, and thought it was just going to be a blowout. It kind of was a blowout in a sense, but thought it would be closer than that. The fans loved it, though, so that definitely added to the excitement for sure. They were on the edge of their seat rocking the entire game. If it was anywhere else, if it was in Toronto, that would have made the atmosphere pretty tough. The crowd would have been very quiet, so definitely enjoyed watching the game there. Wish Toronto would have pulled one out. I was rooting for them with all the Peterborough boys, but nonetheless, great, great, great Creators' Cup final there. And Josh Johnson... He was the big man for the Ironmen again. He had two goals, four assists. Travis Hill had three goals, one assist. He was named the Creators' Cup MVP. So good on him for that. And congratulations once again to the 2013 Creators' Cup champion, Iroquois Ironmen. That's going to do it for this episode of Over and Back. But make sure you tune in next week. I'm going to have some special guests on here. All year year long, I've been talking about my fantasy league, the NLL fantasy league. I mentioned it with Jesse Thomas here. Next week, we're going to try and get my fantasy league, all of us on the line. So there's myself. uh, There is uh, my wife, Devin. There's Amy Dickens and Corey Deneme, So we're going to get that crew together Our fantasy league is called the Shiva Mixaco. It's named after the actual league It's a TV show on FX And they got a great cast of characters on there We kind of compare each other to those characters So if you know the show, you'll know what we're talking about Even if you don't, it's, uh, we're not going to touch too much on those characters that we think we are But Amy, she's the taco of the league She never sets her lineup Doesn't know, uh, you know who's playing when and uh, still comes out on top She's third in our league right now Corey's in the basement I've been taking a few shots at Corey as of late So uh, when we have him on the show We're not going to get any tips from Corey Certainly we're not going to uh, ask for any help With our fantasy league from him But we're going to ask him uh, what his strategy was uh, If he, you know, Maybe he wanted to win the trophy Because the loser gets the booby prize So it's this jockstrap kind of trophy That we've created So maybe Corey wants that in his house I'm not too sure But we're going to get in his head Figure out what's happening Uh, My wife, we're going to talk to her briefly, Devin. uh, She's first right now in the league, so if she remains in first, uh, we might not even have her on the line at all because uh, I'll have to hang hang my head in shame here. But if I finish first, which I probably will, I had a really big weekend here, not to get ahead of myself, but uh, I was looking at some of the stats. She tried to rig it. I couldn't get online to set my fantasy league earlier, and uh, the internet was down at home, so I had to go off-site to set my lineup, so she definitely tried to rig it so I couldn't get my lineup set this week, but we'll talk to Devin. We'll see what her strategy was. It's probably something like uh, she probably picked the best looking players or something along those lines, knowing her, but we'll see how she did so well and how she passed me, what her tricks are, and how she rigged the league to become in first place. Final stats aren't in yet. Tomorrow, the NLL will release the uh, stats for the finals of the standings and uh, we'll see who comes out on top. It's definitely going to be between, uh, between me and Devin, so we'll see next week. Don't miss it as we talk Fantasy League, NLL and we'll also recap the first week, round one of the playoffs that takes place next weekend. So make sure you tune in to Over and Back next week right here on the Lacrosse Radio Network, 7pm Eastern. I'm Scott Arnold and thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. I'm Brad Self of Nationwide Lacrosse, and you're listening to Over and Back on the Lacrosse Radio Network.